Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. The best uh, virtual basketball podcast there is, man. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great. Feeling good, man. Welcome. I got a good night's sleep. Got me sleep. some breakfast. Well, I don't know how you're going to get a good night's sleep. Because nah, I mean, it's just I, way too much time. But no. People, sleep schedules are... Like, my girl's sleep schedule is reversed. Like, right now she's sleeping. She's going to wake up at, like, 3. If she's trying mm-hmm. so hard to get it back on track. So hey, I, I ain't had here. no sleep schedule like that since the Model, Model Warfare 2 days, man. <laughs> For real. For real. But my, my sleep schedule is still a little bit messed up. You know, I was going to sleep at, like, 11 once upon a time. Now we getting off the war zone at 2.30. And you know, and then we got to get to work after that, so it's it's a little bit messed up. But of course, I want to salute back. my soldier D Mills for hopping in the field with us for the first time. He last did, night. yeah. I heard he, was, I heard he was drilling too. I heard he was, he was getting, he was getting, he was getting okay. drilled, but, but I heard he had like eight hundred damage his first. That game, first though. game, he had like eight hundred damage, which is very surprising. I know people watching this like eight hundred damage from D Mills. Eight hundred damage is is damn good. So yeah, eight hundred <laughs> damage, and then he he did this I'm thing. I'm not a damage dude. We be in up, da 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 da, you know. But um... <laughs> because this is why he did have eight hundred damage. But see, what happens is, I don't see if the smoke comes, you gotta do what you gotta do. But when you go chase it, is and he got his ass popped. Because yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I did. The bad thing I heard about D Mills yesterday is I heard he had pushed something he shouldn't have. He had a pistol. He had, he had a handgun. Oh uh, no. Talk about it's a, it's a dude right here, and I hear him busting at him with a pistol. I'm like, what, bro, what's? And we had just bought him back too, so our money just down. Oh man, he was so hyped though because Contreras was talking about his kills and damage that he went crazy. Just like Tyler, so many times during the game, where Tyler is looking back, shooting at people that we don't even have to be looking back at. Or Terrence, man. Terrence is one of the, he is the best player that we played with, and a lot of times he get killed because he's peeking his head out the door of the sniper when he know he shouldn't be trying to chase. We that. just need a, a strict us four through the wire run. And we just pl- we just play for like three hours. We edit up a 10-minute video out of it or something. But it's one person in this chat that just refuse, refuse to download the game. I ain't gonna say who it is. I ain't gonna say who it is. That's crazy. Everybody in the say no got names. the game. Literally everybody. Kyron, Derek, free game. Tyler John, free game. Terrence, and you just don't you refuse to have it. But um, getting into the show, first and foremost, of course, we want to send our prayers and condolences to the Cat family. I mean, the, the uh, Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tragic news that we found out yesterday. Super devastating. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough. Um, you know, just times like this in general is just tough because I'm hearing that a lot of people aren't, you know, even able to properly send off their people because of you know, the, the, the stuff that's going on. I've had different friends who've had family members pass, whether it's from the virus or not, because I think we're in a situation where they don't have the uh, resources to test everybody to yeah. see if they have it because they don't, they need to use them for the people that are alive rather than using them for everybody that's passing away. But they kind of have to classify it as a, a, a COVID related death. And I'm not saying hers wasn't, but just in general, those people who pass, they don't get the proper funeral and things like that. Uh, my mom was telling me that because one of her coworkers had somebody in their family who passed, and they weren't really able to have the, the funeral or things that you know people are used to having. Uh, but on the bright side, for Cat, I know this is this is terrible, but I, I'm kind of happy for him that he can have this time to uh, to cope. And I don't know Cat personally. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he would rather be on a basketball court to take his mind off of it. 
but I know this is a lot of downtime to spend with his his family, and they can hopefully, yeah. you know, use each other to to get through it. Um, if any of y'all want to say anything, yeah, yeah, you want yeah. to welcome. But I yeah. when he um when he posted the video when he was announcing that she she was diagnosed with it, um, it was maybe one o'clock in the morning or something like that. And immediately after watching the video, I was like, man, I I have to call my mom. You know, he it 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 made me think about my mom and my, my mom at this moment is classified as an essential worker where she was going into work every day during this whole uh the virus outbreak and everything so i i didn't i wasn't able to call her that night but in the morning it was the first thing i did when i woke up and i uh, i mean there's clips warming around on reddit and stuff of his mom when he got selected to the all-star game how how happy she was and and she got to see her son do some big big things obviously they would love to keep her you know alive on the earth and everything but um, I, I'm sure she was 100% proud of everything he's done in his life. And um, I, I can say nothing but rest in peace. And for everybody that's watching, if you have your parents with you, please hug them, you know, hug them, love them, respect them, because you, you never really know. Never really know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I mean, I-, I couldn't imagine going what he's going through right now. Like, my mom's mm-hmm. my everything. Like, it's, it's a heartbreaking thing to even think about going through. So my prayers are definitely out to him and his family. Mm. Same thing. I, I just want to send my prayers out, and it it's just it's just so tough, man. Because I mean, he, he kind of he's an NBA player, so we think of him as like a grown man and everything. But he he's a very young guy, mm-hmm. and to to lose your mom at that at that age is just I couldn't even imagine. So I mean, I just hope he keeps strong because lose your mom like that, especially at a young age, that's something you're gonna carry forever. Mm-hmm. You know, even when you're past, you still have to go on with it. You're never gonna be able to talk to her. Give her a hug, anything like that. So I mean, just prayers up for Cat. Yeah, and his family. Definitely. Um, and this is another reason why everybody should be doing their part of staying home because, again, this isn't just something that you can look at and say it's not affecting me. Nobody wants to wake up and, and get a notification like that um, from anybody. You know, even if it's not directly affecting you, nobody wants to to just be sitting around and getting this this notification that. Uh, somebody like Cat or anybody, whether it's an NBA player or not, is, is losing people um, over something that they can't control. You know what I mean? And uh, rest in peace to Boris Jackson as well, the uh, former backup quarterback for for uh, for so many years. Uh, he passed away in a, a, a one-car accident, so that was you know sad as well. Um, and could, so condolences to all of that. Um, but this is what we're here for. We're here to to, to be able to give you guys something positive something uplifting and something that can you know hopefully guide your mind in, in, in a better place through times like this and encourage you to stay home um and and we can start off right with it uh mm-hmm. last night or the, the two days ago um i had the idea of this game that i wanted to do with y'all and it was a way that i could we could touch on a lot of different things um while having like you know dialogue and i think fans miss that part of us of having like you know dialogue and actually having different opinions and you know we're not able to give it to them as much as other people because we do it in an organic natural way and we don't force arguments or uh debates or whatever but the game uh is called am i the only one and basically uh to explain the game i'm going to say am i the only one and i'm going to follow it with a statement and you know y'all can agree or not it came and it was inspired by the tweet that i made about a, a certain basketball player and fans was like they wanted to hear y'all opinions on it too and i just came up with a bunch of different other topics that could quote unquote be be controversial i got my own like seven 
and then I just took some from fans because I had them tweet a bunch at me, and they said mm-hmm. some wild things. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to, to, to stir up the pot with those things that they said. But just to start it off, um, am I the only one who thinks LeBron should have been the first uh, unanimous MVP in 2013? Uh, no, you're not the only one. If I'm not mistaken, that's the year that somebody gave Melo a vote. Yes. Like, come on now. Le- yeah. LeBron in 2013, I was rewatching a lot of those highlights of when he was on the Heatles. And, like, the man was just ridiculous, bro. Was. There was nobody that could guard him. There was nothing that the league could do to stop him. And if somehow he was having an off game, you didn't have to worry much because you had Flash and you had you had uh, Bosch. I hated those teams, but I respect the greatness. And LeBron was great mm-hmm. that year. Yeah. He should have 100% tw- been unanimous. There's a tweet from somebody that I have no idea. I don't think he's a fan or anything. He was just on Twitter. And I uh, seen it yesterday. It said, Bron got robbed of unanimous MVP and defensive player of the year in the same year because the media has to protect Jordan's legacy at all costs. Gasol mm-hmm. should have won- never won defensive player over Bron in 2013. And then he said, you can argue LeBron was a defensive player of the year. I don't know. The first half of trying to protect Jordan's legacy, do with that as you may, I was just agreeing on the fact that he should have been a unanimous and he should have won mm-hmm. defensive player of the year. Backstory before D Mills and Mike go in. Melo, as Kenny said, was the only first uh, first vo- first vote. There's there's voters, and uh, he had the only other first place vote out of twenty one. I got the numbers here. I got the numbers. LeBron here. had twenty. Um, LeBron had a hundred and twenty first place points. KD had zero. Chris Paul zero. Kobe, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan. All of these people have votes, but none of them have first votes. And the only person to have a first vote was Melo. And Melo's numbers were great. He had, he averaged 29 points per game, seven rebounds, two and a half assists. But LeBron's, come on, man. LeBron had almost 20 <laughs> win shares that game, that, that season. Mm-hmm. LeBron just, just had ridiculous. a quote that said he was sure somebody in New York gave that to Melo. And it was actually a Boston Globe writer who said that he didn't, he, he, he doesn't want people to think that he knew. Everybody voted for LeBron. He just wanted to give Melo one pick. He thought it was going to be spread around, mm-hmm. and he genuinely thought that Melo was more valuable to the Knicks than LeBron. They, they took that man Ballard away, I hope. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think LeBron should have won a unanimous, too. It, it's crazy that he actually has that. Yeah. Especially you think about how relentless he was during that Miami Heat era. He literally guarded everybody in the court. He he made plays on, every, on uh, both ends, but... Uh, that that when you were talking about the defensive player of the year with Marcus Alpi, um, I had googled it just because I I was just you know bored, and it it gives the accolades for it because it obviously gives Marcus Alpi Wikipedia page or whatever, but right underneath it, it's almost like an asterisk to it because it it takes like Marcus Alpi robs LeBron James the defensive player uh, in 2013 or whatever. I was like, <laughs> damn, bro, like that's the first article that comes up when you try to talk, talk about um, Marcus Alpi's defensive player of the year. And when I look through it, it's just all about the advanced metric stats, you know? Yeah. LeBron James is more of an eye test for the defensive player of the year. I think that but, was um, also the year Marcus ended up on all defensive second team. Second team. As the best uh-huh. best yeah. defender. But I can't I, I don't remember much of LeBron's defense that season or defense yeah. in general. So I can't say that. But the one part of the tweet, the media doesn't have an agenda to keep Jordan <laughs> as the goal. At least I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't think that's the way it goes. I mean, I couldn't agree with you, but when you look at something like that, it does make it weird. Like, I don't, I'm not saying I agree with the tweet, but I can see why a person would feel that way because literally the man out of 21 votes 
LeBron had 20 first place votes and somebody gave one, one to Melo. And I'm a Knicks fan. That I think was that was just season. I think that was just one jackass. One 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 dude. You <laughs> know, he don't weird. Yeah, he don't speak he for the entirety out. of the of the media. That's just weird. And then the same thing with Marcus All. For him to be the defensive player of the year, but on the second team, it's just weird to me. Do y'all remember the two like there were two centers on all defensive first team that year? Do y'all remember who they were? Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler. Uh, um, Dwight Howard. Not Dwight Howard. Actually, I don't know about Dwight Howard. No. Um, um, 2012-2013. Think about the best centers in the league at this time. Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah. Oh, yeah. Joe Kim Noah, baby. They had Serge Ibaka, Tony Allen, and Chris Paul, and LeBron. Wait. They had a tie. LeBron. They had a tie at center. So, technically, there was two centers that were better than Marcus Gasol defensively that season. <laughs> that's, that's weird, bro. That is that's so weird to me. And and everything I'm reading is more. It is like Mike said about the advanced metrics. The Grizzlies were the best mm-hmm. defense in the league, and Marcus that's the same Sons, article I read. Yeah, we yeah. all read the same article. It, yeah, this it is crazy though. It is crazy though because LeBron doesn't have a defensive player of the year in at all. No, yeah, his, he definitely prime, was a defensive monster in his yeah, prime. And he, yeah. And he 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 was always somebody that's just always going to be in those type of conversations, but he just never won it. I think yeah. you think Giannis could be the same thing because I think he's always going to be there with his just his like defensive talent. I, I like that idea, uh, but I do think that Giannis is going to get it one year at least once, and it might it might have been this season. You know what I'm saying? It might have been this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but he does seem like it the might tiger. be a season where he might not win an MVP. And they give him defensive player of the year. And also, I don't know about the advanced stats for that LeBron Miami Heat team. I know the advanced stats for Giannis and that Bucks team is is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. if that's what the voters look at. I see Giannis getting that. There were three Memphis Grizzly players on all defensive team that season. Tony Allen, Mike Conley, and Marcus All. That's crazy. Them boys just clamping up, I guess. They were clamping. They were clamping up. Behind, for real, man. That's crazy. What, do y'all think we can see something like that again? Like, that don't get tough, talked about a lot. When's the last time we've seen, like, three players on the defensive team? I don't think we have. And I think this season we're going to get two for the Bucks, right? Brooke Lopez and Giannis should both make an all-defensive team, I think. Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, yeah. but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're gonna see three again because that that is insane. Three out of your five starters are the top ten defenders in the league, like that. That's some crazy stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That don't get talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody got? Anything I mean, the Clippers have one? potential. The Clippers have potential with that. They could have Pat Bev, Paul George. Oh, ooh, I didn't think about Pat Bev, but you're right. They do you're right. Because has Pat Pat Bev. Has Pat Bev made an all-defensive team? Oh, yes. That's a good question. I feel like he's made it like a second or third. 2016-2017. He was on the first team with Chris Paul. He was the first team. And Kawhi, Rudy Gobert, and Jeremy Green. That's a great defensive team there. So he's made it at least once in and his career. And they prime. That's a super good defensive team. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're not scoring many buckets on that team, for real. Speaking of Rudy, uh, am I the only one who thinks Rudy Gobert is downplaying the situation between him and Donovan? We've seen a quote from our own Taylor Rooks yesterday. Um, where Rudy Gobert says he doesn't, you know, his relationships with his teammates aren't perfect, but uh, the main focus is to win, and that's what they're gonna try to do. Uh, and I'm just curious on y'all, on y'all opinions of that, and what y'all think. Is he downplaying yeah, it? I, I don't know. If you like, can take and what I, what, what I mean, what I mean is basically like, is this, 
is this, is, is this more, do y'all really think that this is something that's serious? Like, and, and just honestly speaking, mm-hmm. like just what y'all think, I know nobody really knows what's going on, but do y'all see that this could be something that's really going to be something that's a problem? Or is this just... Um. I do. I do because from everything I've read, uh, Donovan Mitchell is a germaphobe. Like, he's he's a neat freak. So the fact that you went to the neat freak of your team that's also the star of your team and got him sick, potentially, you, we don't know who got who sick, but the right. fact that you, you played it the way you did, yeah, I think he is downplaying it. And I do think that we probably won't see them together next season or maybe the season after that because, because of this. Because of this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean Donovan Mitchell hasn't came out and said anything about it, so I guess maybe he isn't. Because if I feel like if it wasn't anything that serious, I feel like Donovan Mitchell would have been said something like, "We good, it's we work." Extremely good like point. It's extremely good point. Like, the same so thing Donovan myself. Mitchell, even, yeah, and even after the Taylor Rooks interview, Donovan Mitchell still ain't come out and say nothing. Yeah, all he really had to do was quote that tweet with an emoji, like praying hands, or yeah. <laughs> he didn't do anything. Yeah. Anything subtle, like he ain't had to say nothing drastic. He could have just said something small. Yeah, he and he been streaming. He been doing a lot of stuff, and he ain't mentioned nothing about nobody. But I will say, I've been doing investigation thing. I've been yeah, I saw the jungle tweet, and I I keep every couple of days going to Rudy and Donovan's uh, Instagram to see if they follow each other. They definitely still do. They definitely <laughs> still do. <laughs> but now somebody asked Joe Ingles like, "Is the whole team pissed?" And Joe Ingles said, "Like, I'm pissed. I can't go over his house because he has an amazing, yeah, amazing chef." chef. So, yeah. So I guess <laughs> maybe it's probably just Donovan Mitchell right now. Which all is that's all that really matters. I mean, yeah. I, I would see everybody yeah. else would try to try to downplay it as well to not make it a big mm-hmm. deal because they are have relationships with both of these guys. They're the two type dudes on a team. So yeah, of course Joe Ingles going lighthearted or whatnot. And then they're um, also the not Mike, the person that got sick. You know, Donovan Mitchell is the one that caught it. So I mean, yeah, yeah Joe Ingles may not be upset because he he cool and he ain't had to go through the symptoms and all this <laughs> stuff. Next. Um, am I the only one that thinks there's hope for John Wall when he comes back? No. And what I, I mean, mean by no, that, no, no. Go, well, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I literally just have faith in John Wall and that Wizards team. They were so cold. Like, they were a team that always was just, like, right there in the playoffs, and they're a team that uh, you had to watch out for. Like, you couldn't take lightly. With these years that Bradley Beal had just gained from the experience of just being basically almost by himself, I think if John Wall can come back a form of himself, like, then that that could they could be a threat, especially if they keep adding pieces to ones they already have. So what do you yeah, mean, think, though? You know, not yeah. a threat, but I'm not thinking they're going to be a winning championship. But they could definitely, you know, be one of those teams that's always back in the mix, where they could be a top five or six seed almost year yeah. in, year in and year out. I, I have hope for them just because I don't think John Wall has to come back as himself nearly. I think mm-hmm. John Wall can just be like a little bit of do it all point guard and let Bradley Beal be the driving force. Um, I think they be, they can be good. They have Rui, who was a, a, a solid rookie last year. They're going to have another lottery pick. I uh, like Thomas Bryant a lot. And if they are able to keep Bertans, then I think, you know, John Wall's shoulder or the load of, on mm-hmm. his plate can be minimized if he accepts it. That's the other half. He has to accept that. But I think John Wall, by all means, could be a guy that can give you double-digit points. It don't have to be 20. He can give you 13, 14 points. He can give you not eight and nine assists. We've seen that, and he can give you four or five rebounds. And then you just mm-hmm. let Bradley Beal be the uh, the number one option score and hope that whatever draft pick they get this year or Rui grows into like a complimentary guy. And I think you you have something solid there. Again, I'm not with Mike. We're not saying he won the championship, but 
the days of them struggling and, and losing uh, like we saw them do this year could be minimized if John Wall can do those things and accept it. That's what yeah, I, I think mean. John Wall definitely gives them a winning aspect. I think he definitely puts them in the playoff hunt. He definitely puts them in the playoffs, actually. And I think that he's one of those players that, like you said, can really do it all. He could take the pressure off Bradley Bill. I think he's going to be a great fit for guys like Bertans and Thomas Bryant, especially in that pick and roll with Thomas Bryant. I don't I think that's going to be pretty good. Then you got Bradley Bill and Bertans and them on the wings. He's definitely going to open up the floor for a lot of people. What what scares I, me about John Wall is it was an Achilles tear, and he was a guy that relied so much on his quickness, his athleticism. Yeah. And that's, that's literally what I was just going to bring up on that part. Like, I, I know that the injuries are probably taken away from his athleticism. And that's basically a lot a lot of who he was. You're talking about his, his speediness. And that's what I'm kind of anxious to see how he comes back. And, I mean, there's no doubt that that's going to take away from his athleticism. But I want to see how much he goes on to his skill set, how much has he worked on his jumper, how much has he worked on, you know, just other aspects of his game that don't rely on athleticism. That's how he's going to be able to just age gracefully. Mm-hmm. as he comes up as yeah. he you know continues in his career yeah and that that super super important because he is basically one of the biggest contracts in the league right now so if he comes mm-hmm. back and he's not even 50 percent of what he was then that's kind of tough for the wizards fans and for the wizards organization especially he's considering like john i mean uh, bradley bills did sign an extension but it's not a long extension i think he added just another year or two to his contract and then, then boom, he's he's back a free agent, and you still got John Wall's big old contract, and it, it, it could turn out bad. But like y'all said, even with half of John Wall, that's a that's better than what Is Smith was giving you. That's better than what Gary Payton the second was giving you. So, uh, and they're a team that when they did hit the playoffs, they were actually always pretty solid. You know, they always gave yeah. teams runs. Those series against um, the Celtics one is always Thomas. yeah. Yep, when he the Celtics won. That was a hell of a series, bro. Um, they had series. one against Toronto. That was a good ass series. They played. John Wall they, got hurt, I believe. Bradley Beal, and he was on the interview with uh, Zach Lowe recently. He still believes that that one year the Cleveland Cavaliers lost the last couple games on purpose so they can avoid the Washington Wizards. He didn't say that he believed that he would have beat LeBron and them, but he said that he believed that their roster matched up pretty good against what the Cavs had. And when you look at the rosters, I mean, they kind of did. They kind of did, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it though. I need I, I need John Wall back on the court. Watching the highlights, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that that man was bad. We'll get one of our most exciting backcourts back. Yes, sir. Then we'll get the Splash Bros back too. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, am I the only one who thinks Ben Wallet's comments about drafting Melo were actually kind of true? Now, backstory for y'all that don't know or the fans that don't know. Uh, ben Wallace did a podcast uh, with somebody I can't remember, um, and he was basically saying that everybody kind of talks about like if the Pistons would have got Melo, they would have man, they would have won two or three. And he was saying they maybe not have won the one that they do have because then you have to incorporate Melo. He may not have been willing to you know take the slow route of being acclimated and wanting to play right away, which is definitely true. And it could have mm-hmm. shook shook up the chemistry or you know made somebody's role lesser, like Tayshawn Prince or something. And that, that's all that has to happen for them not to win. And I, I you know, as a Mellow fan and as a person who in my younger years used to always think, like, yeah, if Mellow would have went to Detroit, he'd have four rings by now. 
Um, that's an actual great point. I don't think he's wrong at all for me personally. And I would just want to hear y'all view. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? Before the Ben Wallace interviews. Like, yeah, if Melo was there, he would have won this. But we didn't think about the way he was thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally, Darko, his nickname was the Victory Cigar. Because when Darko was getting minutes, you knew that you were about to win that game because there was no reason for Darko to be on the court. Melo yeah. would have needed those minutes. Melo, like yeah. you said, kind of would have stumped Tayshawn Prince's growth. And Tayshawn grew to himself that year that Melo was a rookie. I agree, man. I mean, I, I think they they hopefully get, get get one just because they are they would have been that fucking do. talented. They, yeah, I think they do. But I, I see where he's coming yeah. from. Because I, I know to, to win a championship, you definitely have to have all your players buy in. And it's it's a collective. And I'm not saying that Melo was just like some type of hothead that wouldn't have, but Melo was a special player and he, he was going to need something. You're you not going to tell a dude that's coming off a college national championship to sit on the bench, you know what I'm saying, and play 15 Bad. minutes a game. You're just not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, he, I think they definitely would have won one with Melo. I, can see, I can't say definitely just because that's such a good point, bro. Like, Melo... The reason Melo is so good because he went into Denver and automatically had all the opportunity. He shot up as many shots as he wanted to. That team ended up being a playoff team. He had all of this, you know, free way to really do his thing. With Detroit, I mean, him having that type of opportunity gets in the way of a lot. Gets in the way into Tayshawn, who they credit as is the reason that they made it. He had to chase down block on Reggie on uh, Reggie Miller. Is is Tayshawn in the game to make that play if you right. have Melo? Probably not. Because and Mello isn't making that play, especially not Ricky Mello. Yeah. Uh, the defensive assignment on Kobe Bryant in the finals for Tayshawn Prince. Uh, Mello is not playing that type of defense ever, let alone his rookie year on Kobe Bryant in the finals. Tayshawn Prince think. made four All Defensive teams in his career. Mm. One of the most underrated pieces of that Pistons team, and I'm I'm, I'm I hate that 2K doesn't have him a card on my team personally. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I don't know. Ridiculous. You know so. I, you would like to think so because it's mellow, but then it's like you have to take something away. Tayshawn yeah. isn't playing. Somebody gets traded. You know, um, Rashid, like Rashid Wallace, like they weren't playing. Like Mello would play the four at that time. At moment, you weren't playing super yeah. small ball. Uh, not a defensive team like the Pistons. Um, but yeah, you would like to think so because we all rock with Mello. But it's 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 definitely um, something that I don't think is just an instant or definitely how we used to think before Ben Wallace said that. All right. Um, Adding add to the list of things to watch is Tayshawn Prince defensive highlights, because I'm looking yes. at this block, <laughs> and yeah, I went on, I went on a Tayshawn Prince you know rabbit hole a couple weeks ago, and it was definitely something special, bro. He has a, a weird body type frame, but it works, man. It works. <laughs> it works. Um, am I the only one who thinks it's time for Portland to trade CJ? Talk to me. No. Just talk to me. D Mills. No. I, D, I want D Mills to go first because he's the Blazer fan. Come on, D Mills. I see him looking in the sky trying to think. Come on. No, it's not time because they made it to the conference finals last year and he was a big reason why they made it there. And this year they were rattled with energy, injuries. So it was really hard to really even gauge this season. How long do you hold that, on to that, though? How long do you hold on to that? That y'all made the West Conference fight? That doesn't mean nothing. Really, in a grand scheme. It doesn't mean something. What does it mean? That it works. It can work. You just ran to the Warriors and you couldn't beat them. But you also didn't have four-strength Lakers that you have now is what I meant. The the, the Nuggets are a year older and, and, and getting better. The Lakers are now there. The Clippers then got better. 
y'all y'all who did y'all y'all lost to the Warriors, who still have the same basic team intact. They don't have Durant, but they they're not like just a whole different team. So it's like still even within it's like, are you really gonna hang on to that when the Western Conference has got a lot better? So what is Trade and CJ gonna do? Make them better, or just no, set a re- make a rebuild? I don't think you have to rebuild if you if you trade him. I just think it gives you an, another chance to do something else because if something else isn't working, you have to go mm-hmm. in a different direction, or you're just gonna keep like losing with CJ. And it's like, oh, we we made it to the second round. I get I, I get both sides, we right? Get back in return. I don't see what we were getting in return. I see both sides because they have been together for so long, and they did make it to the Western Conference Finals. But let's keep it a buck. That's not you know what I'm saying. That's it's cool to say because they nobody expected it. But yeah. at the end of the day, it, it does not mean anything. But I just don't see the return for CJ that's gonna benefit them at all. You know what I'm saying? Like I just yeah. I just I just don't see a player that meshes <clears throat> as well in the backcourt than Dame and CJ. Or if they get somebody in the front court, I don't see nobody as big of an impact player as, as CJ. Just because CJ, if Dame is having an off game, he can legitimately take over a game himself. And like a lot of the mm-hmm. trades that we probably see is like Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's not giving you the production that CJ is on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so no. And I guess Portland Trailblazers fans hope that they get their 2011 Mavericks run with Dame and CJ. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they, they definitely have a ceiling. And that ceiling is not a championship at the moment. But I don't know. I I say you do trade them just because I, I think they know their ceiling. Obviously, you're going to try to go out and win a championship. But I just don't think that roster is capable of competing at a very high level. Not with that. But back if you court. trade CJ, how are they competing at a high level? High level. They're. I mean, I I think it's just time to switch it up. That, that's I'm what gonna it comes down to. I see the point that y'all making, and I I'm especially after seeing this year how the level he played at. I don't think that you need the return for CJ. I don't think you need like equal value because first of all, that's very unrealistic to think uh, that you're going to get equal value in trades like that. It, it just sometimes certain players you're not, but I don't think you need this certain player to put next to Dame. I think you put Dame there, you let Dame carry you offensively and be that guy. And you surround him with three and D guys or somebody in the front court that can be yeah. like an Aaron Gordon or something like that. I don't, and I'm not saying that's a championship team, but maybe that's better because you're not relying on – you're like you're literally relying on CJ to be something that we don't know if he can consistently be. I have more faith in Damian Lillard playing at an MVP level than, da- than CJ McCollum being this all-star second option. So mm-hmm. if you maybe you supply specialist players around Damian Lillard and that will be better than you relying on CJ to be this second option guy who can – always answer the call when quote unquote Dame isn't off or then when Dame is off and sometimes even when Dame is on he has to still provide some spark and, and, and provide yeah. some things and his health has been a reason why he hasn't been able to and just some inconsistencies in playoff matchups or whatnot and I will admit he did have some moments and he does have his time when he's rolling but I just think that you're running into a brick wall consistently if you keep that together so, um, so when you do a trade like that and you get your, your 3 and D guys what happens when Dame's shots aren't hidden? You just, yeah, you just, take, a, you just take the L? What I was going to say is when you're trying to – because I, I don't know no, no name that just fits right into that system, but you're going to have to get somebody that can be like a Swiss Army knife. Like he's going to be a guy that can give you 15, point, 15 20 points when you need it. You're going to need a guy that's going to be able to clamp clamp somebody up when um, you need to guard the opposing best player. I think they're going to need a Swiss Army knife type dude. 
But that's a, that's the thing. I think that the what is underrated about the Trailblazers when they were healthy and they are healthy is their defense. Like you think about a backcourt of those yeah. two players, you would think that they getting killed every night. But they had a top. I just looked it up. They had a top five defense just two seasons ago. Then the mm. season not that they were still top ten. So they they, they consistently. They no, they had more Harkless. They had they had they had defenders with them. But but you would also think that with these two small guards, you would expect other guards handups to destroy them. In reality, they don't. You know, so I I don't know what the situation the solution is for the Portland Trailblazers because again, they do have a ceiling right now. But also, if you trade CJ, I do think that your ceiling is even less. So I, yeah, I think I don't know. so too. I think it's all about what with the. What the uh, return package is, and what you do with your moves after that. I also think there's 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 value in being good. You know what I'm saying? There's still value in just being good for it. the Portland Trailblazers is going to be good for a decade. They may not win a championship, but they're going to get their fans something to watch every single night, and the fans don't have to worry about anything. And then they're going to give those good playoff series like they did last year, and maybe they end up having a run eventually. Maybe they run into the right injuries, and boom, now they're in a the championship or something like that. I would love to look back. I can't remember what CJ did in that that, that series against uh, Oklahoma. Against That's, Oklahoma, is that what you said? Yeah, he he was okay. It was a series was after that that yeah, he was, was a really series good. against Denver. Oh yeah, which no, 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 yeah. yeah. I, we know that series. Yeah. I'm just talking about the yeah. Thunder one. The Thunder um, one. It was basically Dane. It was a Dane show. Yeah, yeah, Dane. Yeah, Dane was taking off. I can look. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I mean, no more Harkless can do that. Was actually solid offensively. And no, Dane can do that. I think Dan can do that. Um, and that was against I OKC. Think he right? needs, OKC. I think he needs another option. I don't think you could just surround him with three and D guys and just expect him to do it every night. I don't know, man. David Lillard has shown, shown us stuff. Even when he could be like four for 20, and I don't know, you, you still put the ball in his hands, and I still trust him to make shots. Like, he's just that good of a scorer. I thought the best version of Damian Lillard is what we saw in the Thunder, but this year he took it up to an even higher spot. So, I, you know... Um, so here's yeah, C- here's CJ stats for that first series against OKC. He averaged 24 points per game, four five, four assists, five rebounds, while shooting 50 50. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 45 percent from the field, 45 percent from three. So he was efficient as hell in that series. Yeah. A very a very low key good series from him, just because it was overshadowed by Damian Lillard averaging oh, 33 and then also hitting the shot. But yeah, he was he was good as hell in this series. It seemed like there it is. Yeah, I guess it it would kind of be hard to not be good. They ain't really did all that. CJ didn't really have to do much, right? He just make his shots. <laughs> um, yeah, he's gonna downplay everything he did. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just saying. Dame just he carried the load. I mean, all you, see, there was no pressure for CJ. That's when the, that's when like role play, not role players, but like second options, a third. Option I don't player. know, bro. Game two, CJ McCollum was the man. Game two, he had thirty three. Good efficiency. That was that was in Oklahoma City. I remember that game. He tore the ass up off the pick and roll. We did a breakdown um, on the podcast yeah. after that series. I rem- after that game, I remember breaking down that game. That's this, why. I, oh man, I asked not to shit on him, but just to refresh my memory because Dame had such a big series that anything CJ would have done was going to be blinded, mm-hmm. just like anybody else. Aminu and Mo Harkless, a lot of their contribute. Contributions got overshadowed by Dane's play, um, but yeah, I don't know. Something has to change with that team because even right now, I mean, I know they were injured or whatnot, but that team don't that team don't really isn't convincing, even at full strength to me. That's just me personally. 
Um, am I the only one who thinks Blake Griffin will go underappreciated? You mean like when his career's over? You're not. Mm-hmm. Um, you aren't. No, no, you won't. You're not the only one that thinks that. Um, what hurts is obviously the the lack of playoff success, not just from him, but like the teams that he's been on, and and of course we're not crediting that to him because you can't you can't prevent a quad injury from your starting point guard. You can't prevent your own injuries and stuff like that. You can try. You can tell that them people take care of them bodies, but if you have injuries, you have injuries. I do think he may get overlooked in the grand scheme of his career. I don't. I don't think he's in a Hall of Fame. Is he? I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Right? Can we agree on that? He hasn't really done enough. He don't really got like. He don't really got the accolades like that. Right. He's got Rookie of the Year his sophomore season, but All NBA. He's got a couple All NBAs and then some All All Stars, obviously. But that's why I posed the question because he has, he had the potential. You know what I mean? And I think that was the pro and con of playing with CP3. Where he was able to win and play next to CP3, but we didn't get to see Blake Griffin at his full potential. We didn't get to see that until was that last year with the Detroit Pistons when he made the All NBA team. We could really see him play make. We saw his range yeah. develop. We saw him mm-hmm. take over games. He had like a fifty point game. Like we were never able yeah. to see that type of Blake Griffin with the Clippers because they had so much that limited him in his full arc. Well, I mean, the last couple of years in and um. With the Clippers, he averaged the same amount of assists. So his he's he's always shown that he was a good playmaker. Yeah, he he's always shown like the potential of it, but we never just gotten a glimpse of him being on like his own team, like a franchise mm-hmm. that built. Yeah, you know, that's like the primary ball handler. You he really st- he, see it. He still hasn't had a team that was built for like, him. You know, even, no, yeah. technically Because exactly, no, no. when you've seen him when when CP3 was out with that Clippers team, because that's that Clippers team had shooters for him. Yeah, he went and to the Yeah. We've seen him play with triple doubles. I can't believe that he was he was an all star his rookie season technically. He was an all star. Yeah. First five years of his type, career. Type stuff. Yeah. Um Yeah, man. I think he will be overlooked. I think people really won't look at him as like the complete package that he is. I feel like a lot of people might still even look at him as a dunker. dunker. When he's even Facts. more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah, something that really that. does. Yeah. That's a good point, dear, because I mean, I feel like unless you really Keep your tabs on Blake Griffin. You don't really see how much he's just developed over these last couple of years. His jumper is nice. You know, for somebody who really thought that only he could do is dunk, he mm-hmm. shoots probably, if I had to guess, above 35% from, the, from three this year, if I had to guess. Uh, he, you yeah, would be. This season he shot 24%, but we're going to ignore this one. This is not a season for him. The year before that, 36% was, was what he shot. Okay, yeah, maybe that's one thing. But, yeah, he, he's been taking it very confidently off the dribble, too. He, he's just like – I don't, he's a he's a unicorn s type player. If I I think he could have been somebody yeah, that yeah. six ten could kind of carry your offense. And it's probably uh, it's probably over with, right? I hope not. I think he but, I think uh, he's leaving his prime years, but he's going to be a very good player as long as he can stay healthy. He he could be a nice you know secondary option on a team. I don't know, bro. Yeah, I just don't. I'm just upset seeing him in Detroit. That's yeah. all. I don't want to see his career go to waste in Detroit. Yeah. Hey, call up Portland. Y'all can take him. <laughs> True. <laughs> shit. Give a give Dame a different dynamic. That would be a terrible trade. I'm sorry. That would be a terrible <laughs> trade. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they tra- – well, it depends on what they trade for. I Are mean, they giving up CJ for him? That's the only way because, of the, you know, Blake Griffin money, got, like, the biggest the contract money. in the league, basically. Yeah. So they'd have to throw CJ. It's just like, ugh. 
I mean, there was there was a world where they were able to trade Hassan Whiteside during the season if they did do it. Oh yeah. But Blake Griffin was injured this season, and now Hassan Whiteside's a free agent. So. True. Okay, so now we're gonna start to get into some things. Um, am I the only one who isn't super high on Tony Parker, especially as an all-time great point guard? What do you mean by like, super no. high? And, and, and what and I mean, look. like. A lot of people, and I, and, the, and the reason this has been on my mind is because, um, um, the, the you know the lockdown. So we've had a lot of different like things on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where they put like a picture of four or six people, and they're like, "Who's the worst out of here? Who's the best out of this group?" And a lot of people, you know, whenever I've seen Tony Parker, though, they to me they speak of him like highly, like mm-hmm. as almost if he's in that. Nash kid tier and I'm not saying they're putting him there but they have him like right under there where he's where he's super close to it and mm-hmm. I don't think he's like that I think he's kind of in that same I don't think tier so. as like a Chauncey Billups you know like I don't think he's that far ahead of Chauncey Billups and I don't see a lot of people speaking of Chauncey mm-hmm. Billups at the level of a Tony Parker and I've never been blown away by Tony Parker and by all means I, I, I tip my cap my cap off to him because only a hater would try to talk down on his resume He's, you know, he's been yeah. a part of a really good franchise, and he they, he had his moments. By no means is anybody saying Tony Parker is a bum, but I, yeah, I just I don't. When I look at him, I look at him as like the tier of like a Chauncey Billups. You know what I mean? Um, he's like in a he is, it's like Steve Nash. Stockton, hey, Magic, hey I'm gonna throw up another name, guy. and I'm, I'm gonna throw up, I'm gonna throw up another name, and tell me if I'm being disrespectful or not. But right. just like that that tier of players, Kyle Lowry. That's Hell, you, that's that? that's. Did you see it? I can see. I can see. Look at look at that accolade. That's, look at that accolade. I know. I know. You got to look at Tony Park. You can't. You can't Parker deny it. He's, he's a four time. He's a four time champion and he, finals he got MVP. a finals MVP. Yes. Finals the MVP reason I you can cannot see deny it, that, but that was it's just the type of game. Yeah. The accolade wise, Tony Parker watched. No accolade. No accolade. He blows him out the water. I'm talking about you. That's what I'm saying, because you have to put your respect on Tony Parker. But I know exactly what you mean, because when you talk about other point guards, it's just like, I- I'd probably just rather take him over Tony Parker. There's, you know what I mean? Out of that generation of the early 2000s, there's a, a lot of point guards that I would take over Tony Parker. Chris, Chris Paul is Chris one. Paul, you Darren definitely Williams, take Williams. Steve Nash, Darren Williams. Uh, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd. Hell, Jason I would Kidd. take Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas at his peak was giving mm-hmm. you 29 and 6. Mm-hmm. Like a really a bucket. I think a lot of them weren't as fortunate to play in the spur with the Spurs, and I I, I won't even be be honest to say it. I think Tony Parker, they all benefited from playing the Spurs, but he might have benefited from the most. You have Pop, you have Tim Duncan, and then you have the Spurs system. Twentieth overall pick, he goes into all of that, and he he did he did exactly what he needed to do, and nobody's taking that away from him. But in the grand scheme of thing, overall, bro, it's a lot of point guards that I would take or put on the same level as him that don't have the championships because they didn't play with the Spurs organization. Well, mm-hmm. he he's a Hall of Famer. No doubt. And I th- I think y'all just being a li- y'all being a little less on him than maybe y'all I would be. I I like Tony Parker's would game. Would you prefer Rondo or Tony Parker? To if I'm building a franchise? Is that what you're asking? Are we, t- are we talking one game? We talking However you want, we never I'm, talk in one game. That's that's. I'm taking, that. I'm taking Rondo. I'm taking Rondo. Um, okay. 
See, I don't think a lot of people say. That. I think a lot of people are 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 trying are going to try to say that it's not even close. And Tony Parker, there's no way. I think it is Rondo close, though. I, honestly, I think it is close. It is. But Tony now Parker, you're, now you're you're kind of on my level with it because I think that a lot of people would try to convince you that Rondo is is not in the ballpark of Tony Parker, and that's been my whole point. Rondo is the exact type of guy that I'm saying. He don't have as as many near accomplishments as Tony Parker. He don't have the rings. But you would still take them because you know, you you know, it's not that far apart. Yeah, it's definitely point guards that mm. I, I don't know if it's just preference at this point, but yeah, it's point guards that you could kind of take over Tony Parker, and it's not like it's a hard choice for me. You know, even just saying I don't, I, I'm I'm rethinking it. I don't know. I don't know about that. That question is tough. Which one? When I think about the, it, the Tony Parker, Parker versus Rondo. He kind of like really was like their offensive like initiator, yeah, and he, he also while playing with Tim Duncan, he led the league in paint points in the paint. He was a good mid range shooter. He was also one of the best fourth quarter players in the league when he was in his prime. So I think he brought a lot to the table that Rondo couldn't bring. He's got he's got a shit ton of moments where you're like oh, he takes over a playoff game type things and maybe it yeah. goes under the radar because he does play he did play with basically four other hall of famers so it may go under the radar um but i i think tony parker was damn good and and yeah he does but of course everybody benefits when they end up in the spurs especially for the longevity that he was there but I, if you can hoop you can hoop and that boy tony parker yeah. can hoop he, the man basically shot 50 percent for his career as the damn point guard like that's no, that's, that's an insane i mean yeah that, and that's why you you gotta you gotta know who you're talking about you when you talk about Tony Parker and like Derek mentioned, that's one of the first things that come up is he he was a guard that he was gonna be one of those leaders in points in the paint. And that's just cause that's how he played. He didn't have no three ball like that. He was a guy that he was very good at what he did. And I think that him being on um on the Spurs and benefited him just like he said. That, like Greg Popovich and Tony Parker were like perfect for each other almost. You that, know, that, Tony Parker that's was a case to my argument because you tell okay, listen. Everything you just Derek just said about Tony Parker. If I put Baron Davis in that same situation, what does Baron Davis not do? Baron Davis can do all of the same things. He just didn't play with the Spurs and have Tim Duncan. And I, I think, get it. That's not a reason. I think the personality is is where the dif- difference is, right? Um, I don't know because Tony Parker's an asshole. He is an asshole. He's, he's an, an asshole, asshole, but he's a, a bona. Hey, hey, he's a bona fide asshole, like for real. Yeah. But so, but I think in the basketball sense, he was a lot more selfless than maybe Baron Davis was in his career. And that's why I'm saying know, that man. Greg, that Baron Davis, and him Baron just Davis a is a together. very selfless player. We're not talking about now. If you said that about Gilbert Arenas, I could see it. Because Gilbert Arenas, he's going. He wants a certain amount of shots. Of course, he's yeah. Take amount of shots. Gilbert Arenas, the same dude that said that when his backup was playing well, he was mad. Because that means he was you good. But we talk about Baron Davis, who's all who, he's a playmaker. But he had his moments where he could score and take over games too, which is exactly how Tony Parker was, minus the playmaker. Mm-hmm. He was just a guy that was traditional uh, kind of point guard in a Spurs system. He wasn't necessarily pass first or his playmaker, but you know because they had a system, it forced him to make certain plays because that's how Pop is going to get. And then when he needed to, he was able to have his mid range or attack the, the hole. Uh, out of playing with Tim Duncan, I just think that you know a lot of players can do it. I think if you put Chauncey Billups in that Spurs and you take the, the Tony, uh, Tony Parker off, I think the Spurs are just as good or maybe even better. Mm-hmm. I think but him and him and Mondo are in the same boat. Where like if they would have been if they would have been on their same team on different teams, I think they would have still been r- real damn productive. 
Like we, we like I don't know if y'all remember when Kawhi got traded to the Raptors, we were trying to figure out was he a system player, right? Is he a system player? Yeah, and it yeah. turns out, hell no, Kawhi is really he is a system. He is a system by himself. Yeah. And I do think like all of those players would have thrived in different systems. All four I, of them. I think, I think I think so too. I think they all can play basketball, but I don't think that they would have thrived at the level of Kawhi. I think at no, times, none of them gonna, none of them gonna be superstars. Um, at certain times, it was it was definitely and and this is the pro and the con, and that's why it was good for Kawhi to spread his wings and and, and fly out because I think that would have been a question forever. I personally really didn't know, I, and it was it's no disrespect to these guys at all which is why it's important to reiterate, nobody's trying to take anything away from Tony Parker, but it's a question that is has to be out there because of how high some people speak of him. Um, and it's the same thing. Yeah, I just don't... I, how good would Mano have been is a great question. I would have loved to see. Because some people say, man, could he have been like this uh, early Luka Doncic where he can score and then facilitate your offense or some type of version of James Harden because he's the lefty with the Euro or would he have been somebody that was like damn he should just stay with Spurs body lead but he's also one of those guys where <laughs> Pop also said that he was very hard to coach at first so it would have depended on the coach being able to give him that leash because Pop said that he eventually learned that I gotta just let him be him and just not even try to like be a strict coach on him. I don't know if any coaches would have been able to do that or learn that as fast as Pop did. But I mean, Pop also got a young Ginobili. I'm speaking of, of, of Ginobili leaving after he's won a championship with the Spurs. Oh, okay. After he's been at his peak, not not him never going there. Um, I'm speaking in the same sense of Kawhi. You know what I mean? They hit yeah. their certain level and then they leave eventually to go mm-hmm. and try to you know spread their wings. Um, yeah, Which I think, isn't I, I think the best you know, he would have been productive everywhere. No, I don't think it's it's the question of would he have been productive. It's how. Would he still have been a six-man? Yeah. Would he went somewhere and been like a perennial all-star? Would he been able to be the best player on somebody's playoff team? Um, it's how productive. Because Kawhi yeah. left and kind of even got better. Like, Kawhi yeah, like... he definitely did. You know? So... Um, yeah, that's just my, that was just my only thing on, on Tony Parker. And I had the reason I brought that up to y'all is I made a tweet about it. Like, you know, I respect his resume. You have to. If, if you don't, you're just a hater on Tony Parker. And I have no reason to be a hater on Tony Parker. It's just that when I look at, you know, when I look at him, just even as a basketball player, it's a lot of guards who don't get that same type of talk but are better. And I think they would have benefited, you know, the same, if not more, playing with the, with the Spurs. And I think if you put him in their situation – he might not do half of the shit that they do, but that's just that's just opinionated talk. Um, it's last at thing the on end this. Of the day. Um, it's kind of fitting that this comes up now because I was just listening to Bill Simmons' Book of Basketball, one of his newest episodes, and they were talking about Tony Parker and like um, Tony Parker. You know, and when you're in the green room before they had, uh the commissioner announced your name they give you a hat at your table like okay you're about to be selected by yada 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 he had a boston celtic hat like he had that shit on because he was about to get boston uh get get drafted by the boston celtics but last second the boston celtics drafted somebody else and then that's when the spurs took him so like a lot of things could have been different about tony parker his whole career trajectory if the celtics just continuously decide to draft him over i forget who it was who they took the dude who they took didn't turn out to be no Tony Parker, as y'all know. Yeah, and that's another thing that Tony Parker that helps him is he was a 28th overall pick. Like, he over-exceeded for a 28th overall pick. Hey, but he came in hooping. He was all-rookie NBA uh, first, all rookie first team as your 28th overall pick. 
Um, I think I got a couple more personal ones before we get to these these fan ones that are. Woo. Um, am I the only one who thinks that Steph Curry hurts the legacy of Reggie Miller and Ray Allen? And what I mean by that is Ray Allen and Reggie Miller are two guys who built their legacy on shooting. And the way Steph Curry has broken their records and continue to break these records, his own records, it kind of like doesn't make their shooting so historic anymore. Yeah. You know? this, Especially I got he's doing it in a different way too, you know? Yeah, I, I got two things on that. I think it's just, if you know your history of Ray Allen and Regiment, you know like, first of all, the errors was different. The, the amount of shots that Steph Curry taken is way different than the amount of Ray Allen. For the best shooter in the NBA, Ray Allen, I don't know. He probably take like five threes a game compared to the, the best shooters who are taking ten. But it's just I, – I don't think it takes away from Ray Allen and Reggie Miller. I think it just builds on how historically great Steph, Steph Curry is a, is a shooter. Because literally, like you said, he's breaking his own records. He broke Ray Allen's record by like a landslide. And next year, he's trying to break his own. So it's like the way he shoots the ball is just incredible. Now, the one reason that I did say this, Mike, because everything you said is on par and correct, but the reason I specifically said Steph Curry is because, yeah, the the, the way that it, it's played now is different, but the reason it's played that way is because of Steph Curry. The pace right. is one thing, but everybody taking the amount of threes and how far mm-hmm. they're taking it and making it acceptable they, to take 10 threes. Cause they, yeah, they never took it like off the dribble. They're not going to take it coming off the screen and there's two defenders hedging hard yeah. on you, but you still got it. Like they weren't doing it like that. When and you think of the three point just, shot, you're going to think of Steph Curry, like from now to yeah, like the next right. 15 years. So are they, it's just, a, I have no hate against Ray Allen or Reggie Miller. It's just a general uh-huh. question because when you think about basketball, it's like, some guys may get lost in the shuffle or their legacy mm-hmm. may not be as profound because it's like they're going to look at, be looked at as just like shooters. They might keep falling lower and lower and lower because more guys right. are going to come in shooting the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, see, I, I see exactly I think they what you're will be overlooked. Yeah, because I, when I do think, like you said, when I think of three-point shooting, I definitely, like, my first mind goes to Steph. And I think the more and more records he's going to break, I think they're definitely going to be lost in a shuffle because he definitely changed the game. He made mm-hmm. all teams have to go small and shoot the three. Because when you first young, and, you used to think yeah. of Ray Allen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And look, I don't think they'll get lost you know in the shuffle. Right thing, just like, not even just Curry, but I think in general too, like as the years go by, it's going to be the same thing. We're going to have more people that are like, Steph Curry and James Harden, where they actually are shooting 10 threes a game, and it just becomes more natural for a player to hit maybe five or six threes a game. And he has a 10 to 12-year career. Like, those those stats are going to pile up. And like you say, Ray Allen might be – he might end up like 30th, you know, in 20, 15, 20 years or something like that. But I, I just think that's just how the game is going now. I don't think those two players yeah, will get lost in the shuffle just because they're all both Hall of Famers. You know what I'm saying? Like, the people that mm-hmm. I think are going to get lost are like Paige Stoyakovich, right? He's right now. He's sitting at uh twentieth on the all time list, which is damn good. Especially and when how many threes how, is that? How many? Uh, the total number threes is four thousand three hundred and forty two. No, I'm sorry. That's how many attempts. I was about to say that seems mighty mighty high. <laughs> um, one thousand seven hundred and sixty made threes at forty percent from three throughout his career. <laughs> I want to know how much like a player like James Harden has, how many threes he's made honestly, because he gets to about like 
Oh, well, James, like three James Harden on the low is fifth all time already. Yeah, he's fifth all so time. That's what I'm saying. Like he, he's twentieth all time at sixteen hundred. Where James Harden theoretically he has four or five seasons. He's already passed him. Yep. You know, and that's just all like fresh. He yeah. Started off from zero. He could pass him. So yeah, James Harden. What I like about him, you want me to go? Yeah. yeah, what I like about Steph is that he changed it to where he was like, I could still be the best three-point shooter, but I don't have to just stand in a corner on a wing, and I can handle the ball, be in the pick and roll, and I'm going to make you mm-hmm. have to come out and guard me, whereas I'm not just going to be running off screens and just standing there. I think exactly, that's like the biggest element where he changed the game. Because he, I mean, he's hell of a ball handler, too, and hell of a finisher, too, at that. You know, he that's just won a one-dimensional shooter. Of legacy, because, like, shooting – is is it's going to be such a big thing uh, tied to Steph Curry because it's the records he's breaking, it's the fact that he, he's kind of remodeled the way that you look at as, as a shooter. When, and back in my day in the early two thousands, growing up watching Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, and whatnot, when you looked at a shooter, it's like damn, they can shoot the ball, but it was only so good that they could beat. You know what I mean? Now you have Steph right. Curry who's doing it off the dribble, unanimous MVP, yeah. two-time Thanks. MVP, taking his team to the finals. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, they don't have that on their thing. They're just shooters. Like they're he, come like, the like you say, Pete, if I tell I don't, I'm just saying name of somebody, but I say Tony Allen, don't come on Ray Allen. You just stick to him everywhere we everywhere he go, you you staying with him. That kind of cancels him out. And the, the best shooters, they still gonna get their shots up, but not the way a Steph Curry can by breaking you down by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do y'all think y'all and can even name six through ten on the all-time three-point list? If you tell us the rank, like these makes, ain't nobody that's makes crazy. Makes. These ain't nobody crazy. Like these are people we would know. These are these it? are players you know, one hundred percent. All all our era, our our era of watching. Cal Corver. Cal Corver is number four on the list right now. Stephen Curry. Stephen Steph Curry's Curry. number three. Clay. Oh, we Steph Curry too. Clay Thompson is not in the range. I said six through ten is what we're going for. Six through ten, Reggie Miller, James Harden, incorrect, incorrect. Uh, Reggie Miller's number two, and James Harden's number five. So what are we doing? We're, we're, we're guessing six through ten on the all-time three-point list. Oh, six through ten. Yeah, just oh, six through ten. Um, you haven't got right. a single oh, one. Six through ten. Six through ten. Right. That's oh what I'm my okay. god. Six through ten. Uh, <laughs> um, did he just say Paige? Paige is number twenty. Wasn't that number? T- Oh, that was number 20. Yeah, I'm tweaking. Carmelo? Mm. Not Carmelo Anthony. Shit. Kevin Durant? Not Kevin Durant. One of these guys you don't really think about as a shooter, but then you think like, okay, it makes sense. Dirk is number 11. What'd you say, Mike? Damn. No, no, mine was a terrible one. No, mine was terrible. (laughs) What'd you say, Danny Danny Green? Green? I said Danny. I was just thinking of shooters. Um... I'm trying to think of historic. My mind is going blank. I'm y'all can't. Y- y'all won't hints. I can give y'all hints for every single one. Give me some hints. Give me hints. I'm not giving y'all crazy hints though. I'm not saying he played for this That's team. That's fine. Um, this guy was is a legendary point guard that we all got to see play. Steve Nash. No. Jason Steve Nash. Kidd. Jason Kidd is correct. Yes, Jason Kidd is on there. He number started 10. off as a bad shooter. Then yeah. Uh, number and nine. Gilbert Arenas? Huh. Gilbert Arenas. No. His number nine is a guy that we see him as a player. He's a he's a forward who played majority of his career in one spot, and then he he went to a couple different places where he wasn't super successful. But he got moments in these other places. Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. Yes. Good job, Good dear. Guess, Good job, dear. Um, next dude we see as one of the most fun players to watch, but he's not a star at all. 
But he got his moments. You like, damn, he did that. J.R. Smith, he's not. J.R. Smith oh. is not the answer, but he's on the list. Oh he's on shit! The list. I <laughs> and, but it's a, it's a player. It's a player in that mode, though. You think in the right mode. It's a player Jamal in that Crawford. mode. Jamal Crawford. Yes, yes. There we go. Um, another player in that mode where like he was definitely more of a six man, but he had his moments on good teams where he was starting guard, undersized shooting guard who can't run point guard. Ooh. Allen Iverson? Not Allen Iverson. Uh, now, this like, this player just like a guy, but it ain't the guy. But it's that's exactly how you would describe Lou Will, six man. That is exactly how we describe. They all in this mode, bro. An undersized <laughs> shooting guard got his moments. Um, his you said career he was a six man for he's a lot in the of it. Today? For he's not in the league today. He's he's old. He's been retired since 2018, but he wasn't good then. You know what Monte I'm saying? So he, he, no. Uh, what, what was the hand I was just about to get y'all? His career highlight is not good for him. Something happened to this us. man. Don't tell us. Something happened to this man that you like, oh, that's the only thing I think about when I when I see <laughs> Jason him. Terry. Jason Terry. Jason Terry oh, got baptized. Oh. And then number six is a guy y'all still ain't got. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's still playing to this day. Future Hall of Famer. Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Damn. You don't see him as a three-point shooter, but the man been in the league for 20 years. So, yeah, yeah. those are those are the guys. That it's was some, fun. There's some dudes on this list that you forget that, like, really had it like that. Like, Chauncey's number 16. This is great. Is he? Wesley Matthews, number 25. Wesley Matthews. Wow. He's still going, baby. Still going. All right. But, yeah, that's it for so the last one from me. Um, am I the only one who thinks the Hawks – could be the next best thing and this is why i say this you have a guy like trey young who i think has mvp qualities will he ever win ever win one is here or there but he has mvp qualities the way that they've drafted around this man to me is very ideal you have him and then to make up for everything he lacks they went out and got cam reddish deandre george they even went out and got kevin herter to be a shooter that you can put next to him i think john collins is good and then for the weaknesses that john collins had they went out and got clint capella and then going into the offseason this year they're going to have another lottery pick to do something then you know i have every reason to think that they're going to hit on their draft pick this year not as far as superstar or who's going to be the guy but they're going to hit on putting the type of player that can complement their and, best player. And you know why, P? You know why? Because when you have everything set up for you like they do, then you already know what you want and what you need. So it just makes it that much easier. And but I think because Trey Young is so good, they don't need – like like DeAndre Hunter didn't have like the rookie year I hoped he would have. Mm. But that's okay. Mm. Cam Reddish had you know his moments down a stretch, which another reason why it sucks that what happened happened because I was enjoying watching Cam Reddish. But even if those guys didn't grip, get like all star level that you would hope for top ten picks, they don't have to be because you have this MVP quality guy. They just have to be solid role players. Okay. Yeah, I, no, I, you're I, definitely I'm, not. I'm definitely high on them. Yeah, and it, it, it's the teams like this too that can really put them over the top if they keep growing like they're doing organically. But then you know they they do sign that one free agent and it kind of like puts them over. You're like, okay, now they're real. So I think that they can be in that mode. Or these young guys show some promise and you package up because they have so many. Cam, DeAndre Hunter, 
Herder, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the guy, whoever they're going to get this year, they're going to have multiple guys that you can put together and go get that guy. I think that's, my bad, that's where their ceiling is a question mark for me because these guys are, will be valuable on the market if they did trade them for a name. Um, I mean, you just saw them turn into Clint Capella, basically nothing. They went from nothing to Clint Capella. So I, I don't necessarily love a super, super young team. You know what I'm saying? I, especially when it comes to overall success. Like, how many super young teams have we seen be really successful other than, like, okay, OKC Thunder? OKC Thunder is there in the championship when they're all 22, 23. Um, so as long as – if they're not super reliant on Cam Riders becoming the next big thing, as P said, he don't have to be because you got Trey Young. Um, they're cool. I, I like them. But it's mm-hmm. it's still some it's still some question marks for sure for me. Yeah, I, that team I think has just really got to work on growing together in the sense that like they I, they just got to keep growing and building chemistry. I, I really think. No, and when I say the flex thing, I think years from now, not like next yeah. year. Yeah, like, not next year. They're gonna come in and win a championship, but a couple, a couple years down the road, though, you think about. I really think that the first thing they got to emphasize is just. Making sure they don't give up, you know, 130 points a damn game or some shit. They need to be able to guard people, you know. Yeah, they definitely gonna be in that talk thing. I I see it. I see it definitely in that team. They have all the right pieces to be. Boy, would it be special in the future to have a Dallas Maverick versus Atlanta Hawks NBA championship? Luca and Trey. Now here are sounds from the fans. Okay, he's gonna be funny. Pelicans are better without AD and won the Lakers trade. I'm not even going to attach names to these because some of these are very wild. They could have won the trade without being the better team. You know what I'm saying? Like every every team, I think both teams win as long as Anthony Davis resigns his offseason. Both, that's one of the trades where it's a win-win because the Lakers are in championship contentions and the Pelicans got one of the brightest futures in the NBA. I definitely wouldn't say they're better without Anthony Davis, though. I don't know. No. I mean, see, they flipped one person for four to five people. And I'm not saying that, you know, that just equates to them being better than Anthony Davis, but they sure didn't flip their, their team they, around. They, built they had the more team. than just Anthony Davis. Yeah, they yeah, built yeah. the so team. So that's right. From that sense, you could say that maybe they're a better team without AD because they have more pieces they could work with. They, they have Zion, who's supposed to be a perennial all-star. So, I mean, I can't argue with that. But both sides, they work me, both sides team, won. Definitely. Both yeah. sides won. I'm going to say both sides one. So I think KB hit it all yeah. in the head for me. Um, KD is the greatest scorer ever. He's the most yeah. well-rounded in my eyes. I don't know if that makes him the greatest, though. It's very similar to the LeBron versus Jordan GOAT versus best player of all time. Like, mm-hmm. he is the most well-rounded scorer I've ever seen in my lifetime because he literally has no holes in his game offensively. Um, but I don't that's know if that would be a, makes him the best. That's why I would be a yes for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because you know, legit, when, you, when you're thinking about guard. making a guy, yeah, he, he's a guy that's seven foot but has the handles of a guard. And he, he's got a super high release, so it's very hard to contest at that. And he's a guy that he, he kept growing his game, too. You know, like he was already yep. a prolific scorer. But then Some he, people will say, a, you know, Kareem had a move that was unstoppable closer to the rim. Mm-hmm. It's much more yeah. easy to rely on that than Kevin Durant consistently hitting jumpers. Yeah. Yeah, but we see so, him give guys like Kawhi forty plus, so and still not like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I would say KD as well. I'm, I agree with y'all. This one is tough. 
Um, just because I think this dude, a lot of his stuff is before we were born, but I'm going to just put it out there anyway. So you got Prime Draymond versus Prime Dennis Rodman. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I don't know. Wait till the documentary. See, I know. Right the, thing the, I, the thing I knew about Dennis Rodman is that man didn't give Ferocious a damn rebounding. if he scored a point. Yeah. yeah, he didn't give a damn if he scored a point, but shit, he was probably about to get 20 rebounds. He was going to fight for it, everyone. Yeah. But Draymond, I'm, if I had to think about for what I like, what I know, I'd say probably Draymond is a little more well-rounded. He, he probably, I think he's probably yeah. a better shooter, even though Draymond wasn't much of a shooter. He probably could shoot better. He had probably better playmaking, and I think it's just his overall game. He was more of a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said, yeah, but when I think of Dennis Rodman, I think about I think about how he probably added a lot of extra possessions for the Bulls. Because when I was watching those um, um, those classics that they put on, like, NBC, I forgot what channel, but it don't matter. Uh, he was getting a lot of offensive boards and, like, getting a lot of extra possessions, putting people in foul right. trouble. So, like, he, he wasn't doing the playmaking, but he did a lot of the other things that, like, you might not see. Yeah. Definitely. No, definitely. He was definitely a hustle player. I, I was I don't know why I even started to read this one or why I put it in. That was, um, it just basically says Carl Malone was a better player than Tim Duncan. That I don't even need to be speaking about. Um, I'm good. I don't know how all y'all feel. I'm good on it. But um, Zion's career only goes as far as his jumper. And, and no, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. I'm sorry. Back that's wrong. That's wrong. That's I'm wrong. glad we all on the same page. That's wrong. That's good. That's um, on, bro. Why, why are we still at this point where we still think that you you absolutely need to be a knockdown shooter to be a successful basketball player? This is not the boy, case. Sam is breaking all these barriers. People still want to hang on to it. Twenty nineteen finals. No, he needs to just be willing. To <laughs> but twenty nineteen final series would have gone seven if every player was healthy. So nope. this is a Raptors boy. fan. This is my boy Robel. He's a Raptors fan that's making a case to say even if both teams were healthy. The Raptors are still putting up the fight. I don't see him. I don't Sorry, see but him, KD, that, KD. That Warriors team. KD, KD came back on a one leg and gave Kawhi like 10 points in less than five minutes. So I, I don't know. Man. <laughs> just having KD healthy at that. Forget, even just having Steph and KD, I think they, they could take that, that Toronto team. Warriors in six if everybody healthy. I'll say Warriors in five. I think they Dang. Dang. You forgot Kevin Looney was playing – Injured as hell. You saw Freddie V? Yeah. You don't think Freddie V can get help on get two games? I don't know, man. I th- it, it has potential to still go series. Uh, oh, for sure. Go seven. Because Kawhi was on his last leg as, as well. It just wasn't as bad as uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, but he was holding his quad almost that whole series. Um, I like that series. That was a good finals, man. It was a real good finals. I remember Contreras was watching it on uh, Twitch, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Um in the 2015 NBA redraft, Davin Booker goes number one. That's what somebody said. Okay, now, I know y'all don't have 2015 okay. in front of y'all, so what <laughs> I'm going to do is I'm going to pull it up. And um, we're going to talk about that. So this is somebody who I think is a Suns fan, but he's saying Devin Booker. Okay, he's he's wrong because Carlton Towns is in his draft. Carlton Towns is in his draft, Przingis Yeah, that's how his first name I thought about was Cat. Cat is still the first pick. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. That's just the biases. I think that Bo- Devin Booker probably goes two. He goes top five at least. Chris Stapps yeah. probably goes two. I ain't gonna lie to you. Chris Stapps seven three with a three. Yeah, I would go. Yeah, I would go Porzingis as well, number two. Um, Fred Van Fleet is gonna have a better career than Kyle Lowry. No, I seen that, and, and I yeah, forget because he, 
he had tried to put his evidence like, man, once Kyle Lowry gone, Fred Van Fleet got the show, he could rack up a couple all stars because that Toronto Raptors team is gonna be good. It sounds good, but I don't know. I, I I'm gonna go, know. yeah, man. I'm gonna go, yeah. Fred got mm-hmm. the ring early. Uh, I think that as long as he stays in Toronto, the surrounding piece for them to be a good confident team is there. Uh, I don't know though. At the same time, because Kyle Lowry is snuck into some All Star games, man. Not snuck into. He deserved all of them. He snuck into some All Star games, but I don't know if Fred would <laughs> be able to sneak his way in there. No, I don't think Fred will end up being as impactful um, on the little tedious things that that Kyle Lowry is. Uh, but I could, I could still see it happening. It's just unlikely. Yeah, I could see yeah. it definitely. I've grown to Kyle like Kyle Lowry so much. I, I'm gonna go with yeah. I, I mess with Fred. I'm gonna say he's gonna have a better I, career. I love them Raptors dudes, man. I've grown to like them so much. Fred, Pascal, OG. Um, they team low key just give me a different vibe with Kawhi gone. Like I, I like that team a lot more. Right now, trending on Twitter is start CP3. So I click on it, and it's a start bench cut of Russell Westbrook, Allen Iverson, and Chris Paul. I need to hear opinions. Allen Iverson, Russell Westbrook, and Chris Paul. Star bench cut? Star bench cut. I'm, I'm going to start CP3. I might be benching. I'm a yeah. bench. I might be benching AI on this one. Oh, man, this is tough. I might cut AI. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Uh-oh. It's controversial, oh, baby. I, I said bench AI. I meant cut AI. I'm benching Westbrook. Yeah, I will bench Westbrook, start CP3. Westbrook is too good. <laughs> it's a tough one. It is I a think, tough one. I'm just yeah, trying to read all this. I'm also weapon. thinking about not disrespecting AI because this is the dude who, at his size, carried that weak ass Sixers team. He carried and, a weak ass Sixers team. Yeah, so, that's it. So did Russell, though. Russell and, carried a weak ass team to the playoffs, too. That, not, okay, to the finals, finals. No, not, not to the finals. 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 And, no, and took a game from a team that was undefeated in the playoffs yes. at the moment. Your took Lakers. a game. Took a game, Your bro. With Eric Snow, Russell just he got to the playoffs. Over. Somebody Russell tried to look at it logically. He said he's going to bench Allen Iverson because Allen Iverson's play style is perfectly suited for coming off the bench. CP's starting line provides everything at an elite level. I understand that. Coming off the bench, Allen Iverson would be Yeah, but when I do ridiculous. bench, I, I just think they're coming second. I'm not looking for yeah. that. No, I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, a, um, that's this is tough, one. man. This is tough. I want everybody to give an answer, though. I don't Facts. want nobody to sneak their way I'm, ass, their ass out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have Russell an come off the bench. I'm cutting a uh, Russell is just a walking triple double. Like he he fills a lot of the holes. What man. what about another all time point guard one? Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul. I'm starting Jason Chris Kidd. Starting CP3. I'm starting CP3. Y'all love some CP3 on this panel, bro. I love CP3. I'm starting Jason Kidd. Y'all are bugging. Just Jason Kidd took the Nets back to back finals. Are you serious? With Young King and Martin and Richard Jefferson? Bro, y'all disrespecting the Nick. I'm starting Chris Paul, Jason baby. Kidd. And you just talked about I might have to go back to Russell. I might have to go. He literally is Mr. Walker Triple Double. He did that shit for three years straight. You know who was a Walker I know who was the OZ. Jason Kidd was, yes. Okay. So don't put <laughs> But it's a one of a kind man from Russell Westbrook. Huh? It, it's only a one of a kind Russell Westbrook who could do that for shit for three se- seasons straight. Yeah, I mean the game is different. He's explosive. Jason Kidd, you know, explosive as six, three, four, built as guard. 
but he still was doing it. He was. Come on, man. That, that dude was slow. He, he said was, it was, he was, he was slow. He was slow. He right? Yeah. I'm you ain't got an answer. Just think about it. You ain't got an answer. I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, start, That's a tough I'm, I'm going to go CP3. I'm starting the one who has the jury. I'm starting the one who has the jury. The other two ain't even stepped foot on the finals floor. Hey, and Jason Kidd ain't, right, he ain't no right. product of no Spurs uh, system. He's a product. He of, a he's jury. a product of injuries and a weak Eastern Conference. That's what he's a product of. <laughs> but he didn't win his <laughs> he, he, he beat he beat the big three Miami Heat. <laughs> That's how I'm he just, got his jersey. I'm just talking shit. I, I have no idea about... Ask uh, LeBron about Jason Kidd now. Tyson Chandler. <laughs> no, nah, he was ring chasing at that point in his career. He was ring chasing, man. For real. He went to the, the, the best season Knicks have had in recent memory. And he was 38. <laughs> That's sad. He was 38. <laughs> he helped us get get to that 51 season. That was a good one. I, but yeah, I'm going to probably start Jason Kidd. Um... Shit, you might have to cut Nash. There's a chance we can cut Nash. There's just a chance. I, I, I'm a big CP3 guy too, but I mean, CP3 got the defense. His passing is 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 there. May not be as good as, but you know, my biggest thing with Steve Nash is his biggest thing too. I watched the podcast with him, and he he said he wish he would have shot more, and that was always a thing for yeah. me. I like my guards to be aggressive, and that was one of my things with CP3 and with the Clippers. I felt like at certain times. I was big on him because I kept feeling like he was just passing. I wanted CP3 For to real, no. more taking over. And he had his that own mirror. Idea, yeah. Because when he, when he was getting things, to his spots, when he was getting to his spots for that mid-range, that's money, especially in that fourth quarter. Like that. Houston in the playoffs when he had took over, and I was like, this is what the Clippers could have used. Yeah. But he also he had those moments with, with the Clippers, too, though. He still he did have those moments no, with the Clippers, he, too. He, no, he definitely did, but I wanted to see more of them because it seemed like they needed more of those. Because at that time, Blake Griffin, you know, early in a relationship, but wasn't as uh, well rounded up a score as he was. He Chris Paul, he, Chris Paul, gonna get a ring. He might be the twelfth man on the roster when he do it, but he gonna get himself mm-hmm. a ring, bro. He I will. Don't think he that type of dude, man. <laughs> no, I know he's not either. He's not. The Thunderhound had to make some type of magical run. Um, those are good though. And somebody says Dirk is the second best power forward of all time. So is he the only one that thinks? Dirk is the second best power forward of all time. Mm. I'm guessing his clear cut number one is Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is Tim number Duncan one. Is number yeah. one. Mm. And then you have to think Kevin Garnett. You got to think Carl Malone. Malone I'm, I'm Dirk. taking Dirk because I don't mess with Carl Malone at all. I'm taking Dirk as well. I just love his game. I think he's also a guy that influenced a lot of uh, shooting bigs. And you know. Dirk is a special guy. One Bro, team. Re- re-watching some of those games um, in his finals runs, they were down by like 15 with 10, 10 minutes, 8 minutes left, and he's just like fighting. backpacked them yeah. and got a win. Like, that's some cra- that's some crazy stuff that man accomplished, for real. Yeah, bro. They was they, they were down twenty in that game where they were supposed to win. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that LeBron and them bogus. That's when we hated LeBron, bro. <laughs> Fake coffin. <laughs> Cause the man had the flu and he came out and one. Come on, man. Yeah. He said, get, yeah, give me Dirk, bro. Give me Dirk. He was so disrespected yeah, by his peers. Come on, man. But you know what? No, no, okay. no. The last thing on this. Um, do y'all feel that way that the European players are disrespected by their peers? Because I keep seeing people like Jason. Maybe it was Jason Tatum. It was like LeBron deserved MVP last year, or when Giannis won MVP, they were saying other players were saying James Harden deserved this and that. And then we get the Dirk Coffee situation. 
Do y'all believe that maybe they're disrespected by their peers just because they're not American born? I I wouldn't say that. Okay. And I don't know. I just think it does it doesn't go that far. Yeah. Okay. Because Tim Duncan isn't from America. Uh, Kobe t- Bryant. Tech- nobody, I mean, nobody look at them as like... <laughs> right, nobody's looking at yeah, Kobe as Italian. American. He's from Philly, they're you know American, what I'm saying? So. Same thing mm-hmm. with, with Tim Duncan. He ain't they American, but he's Irving damn close. Yeah, Kyrie Irving. Now, Kyrie Irving is American, but he's... I literally mean those guys that grew up in these other countries, not just, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Guys that ain't playing for Team USA is what Exactly, mean. yeah, yeah. And them dudes, we all the same suited their ass up in red, white, and blue. Facts. For a reason. Um, but no, I don't think so at all. Uh, last two. The coach is a vastly underrated part of a championship team. I don't think they get enough credit for the tip from the typical fans. Is what a fan said. I don't I don't think I think coaches are like the one of the most valuable pieces, to be honest. Because bad coaching shows up in like those crucial. No, no, games. no, no. Nobody's arguing that. He's saying they're an underrated part of a championship team. So when teams win championships, they feel like a lot of the time the coach isn't mentioned in it. Yeah. Not, I don't think it really not, depends. But. I think it really depends on who you have in your team. I mean, I look at, obviously, I look just, I look at that Golden State Warriors team. When I look at that team, I don't think the coaching really affected anything. But on the opposite side, I look at Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse was doing his, he was coaching his ass off. And I, I mean, you got to give him a lot of credit when you're talking about the wing, they, the ring they just won. I think uh, I agree with this, yeah. this person that made this tweet. Uh, though Steve Kerr may not be X's and O's, he kept them all together when there could have been a thousand different egos into the locker room. He's smoking blunts with players and stuff. He made them feel like brothers in that locker room. So, yeah, I, hey, I do think hey, it was underrated. KB, honestly, I felt like I could have done that. You, you know, I could have so? been cool with them. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I could just keep them together. Because, like, I'm, I'm looking I at past cool champions, right? We have Nick Nurse, yeah. Ty Lue, mm-hmm. um, Steve Kerr, Eric Spolstra, Phil Jackson, Doc Rivers, Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich, Larry Bryant. All of these are literally legendary coaches to win championships. Rudy Tomanovich. You, you look at Ty Lue as a legendary coach? Except for him. <laughs> he had LeBron. No. Okay. He had LeBron. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't – yeah, when you, think, when you think of that question, I thought about the Heat championships. I was like, I don't really think of, think of Tyron Lue really at all as a factor of them winning that championship. Is Steve, is Steve Kerr legendary coach? I think so. No. Why is he legendary so. coach? I think he yeah. Tyron Lue is not. Um, I I honestly still do well, believe also, that Steve Kerr is a good coach. Even without KD, they won seventy three. They won seventy three games without KD. Nothing ever ever is about Steve Kerr. Nothing ever is about Steve Kerr. I'm asking why is Steve Kerr there and Tyron Lewis not? Um, I would say longevity. You know what I'm saying? So it's just because he's he won more. I guess so. Okay. I'm just yeah, I, I was just asking. I'm not saying y'all are wrong. Just I was just curious. Yeah. Um. And because he, uh, I guess Tyron Lue kind of did too. I was gonna say that he had success very early in his coaching career, but Tyron Lue was damn near rookie coach. Yeah, he's he's damn near rookie coach at that point. Yeah, Um, but Tyron Lue does have the same factor as Steve Kerr, where he was more of a player coach than the X's and O's guy. You know what I'm saying? You saw him during the during the parade. He was basically one of the guys, like he was a player. I don't know. To me, they're kind of the same. Steve Kerr has the more stuff, obviously. But neither one of those guys built those teams. They didn't develop any of those, that talent, really, to be honest. They ain't like Tyron Luke took Kyrie's game to another level, so to speak. And neither did Steve Kerr with Steph Curry. Uh, I, I, I have to give that credit to Mark Jackson. Uh, Steve, Stephen Curry's game as a well, point guard evolved under Mark Jackson's tutelage. 
so to speak. Um, so yeah, I kind of put them in the same boat. Yeah, Steve Kerr has an edge, but I don't. Um, he will go down as legendary though. Seven and three wins. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be he in the Hall of Fame as a coach. Yeah, without a doubt, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Uh, I'm just I'm just speaking to, to to the heart of the streets, not about what they're going to classify him as. Because you know, mm-hmm. Derrick Rose ain't going to be a Hall of Famer, but to us, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. We're mm-hmm. never going to forget Derrick Rose ever. That's kind of like the streets. You know I saw I mean? something. On, yeah. I saw something on Twitter that was like, if only one of these players can enter the Hall of Fame, who is it? And it was Dwight Howard and Derrick Rose. Come on, bro. Dwight Howard is destroying Derrick Rose in the MVP conversation. Destroying. I'm, him. I'm going. I'm going Derrick Rose in that one. What? Four, three-time Derrick defensive Rose. player of the year. No, uh, individually, NBA championship. Yeah, Dwight Howard is definitely. Yeah. No, yeah, but youngest MVP ever. I just want to stay close to my heart, man. <laughs> oh I'm man, that that's disrespectful. Youngest MVP ever. Yeah. Ever. It's hurting my heart ever. to even try to say Dwight Howard. But it's. Yeah, I think it's clear cut. <laughs> if there's only one spot, I gotta give it to Dwight because he just. I gotta give it to Derrick Rose. The man. accolades are ridiculous. Give me, give me D Rose with it. Um, somebody said Bam is the best player on the Heat. That's not true. It's still Jimmy Butler. Yes, Jimmy. Still Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry. I don't even think who asked that small. It, it had to be either Smalls no, or it had to be. It was. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Smalls. I okay. can't remember who it was. Um, I just typed them into my notes uh, just to do it fast. Um, but yeah, I can't remember who asked that. That's that all. That's that's the last one. That's all from. Am I the only one? Uh, fans, if y'all that was fire. Now y'all know what I was doing it for. If any time in the future y'all want to do that. And y'all got some real good ones because y'all can see what type of game it is. We can definitely do this again. Mike, you had some questions, like five from the last episode, if you wanted to put out there. Oh. Disappeared. He said, forget uh, this. I'm oh. back. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm back. Uh, yeah, I got a couple questions I can ask you guys. Okay. Um, they better be good, too. Don't come in with no I was whack. also thinking, man, we may have to do a re- relationship advice one, man. I had got some relationship advice DM the other day, and I remember when we used to do those for full episodes on the after show. Facts. Like, legit. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people in quarantine right now, they sliding in DMs, man. Mm-hmm. They sliding in DMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, first question comes from Kyle. He says, if you could pick one player in the current playoff hunt to win a championship and a finals MVP, who would it be? He says, P.S. I already know Kenny, yours would be Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. It's Chris Paul. Yeah. yeah. You said if I could pick one player to do what? To win the championship? To win the finals MVP. I'm, I'm going to go out and win. I'm going to say James Harden. I think that's what's taken away from his legacy right now. I like that one, Mike. And Billy I like that one, Mike. I'm going to come out and say this, bro. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to say Luka Doncic. Because if Luka was to able to go on a run and win a championship mm-hmm. and finals MVP right now, there is a big-ass – Thing that he could be one of the greatest players of all time. It would be so crazy to see. So I'm going. I'm going to go with Luca. It would be so wild. I'm going to go to Jokic. Like that would be so wild. I would like to see Jokic do it. See him out there getting triple doubles, carrying the Nuggets, running that offense. I think that would be beautiful to see a big man do that. Okay, I, I like that answer too. I remember you ain't even rock with Jokic. I didn't say that. I said I wanted him to be more aggressive. I'm just saying. I remember when you didn't rock with him. <laughs> oh, you, oh, what made you not rock with him, Mills? His aggression. Oh yeah, no, I, I never said I didn't rock. That. I just, I said I just wanted him to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. 
I remember you didn't rock with Lonzo either, but maybe that's just you wanted him to go to the G League. What's the, what's the uh, next? <laughs> next question is from Rory. This is actually I, I actually really like this question. How do you feel about the theory that the NBA team is only as good as its third best player? I'm, I'm not. I mean, I, I feel what he's saying, but if you have like Giannis. Mm-hmm. I don't really yeah. like Eric Bledsoe. Like I, I don't, I'm not putting. Yeah, I think Eric Bledsoe is the third best player on that team. No, not me. I think it's like Brooke Lopez. But personally. I think people make argument. I don't even think it's Brooke Lopez. You think it's Dante Divincenzo? Think it's Dante Divincenzo? <laughs> now I ain't gonna lie to you. No bullshit. I think that I, I really wish we could be in the playoffs right now. I really think Dante Divincenzo is gonna have some breakout games in the playoffs. So motherfuckers is gonna be like, bro, what is it? And a Bucks fan, after I said that like an episode or two ago, he DM me like, bro. People don't watch the Bucks games like that, but he he was like, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I watch every Bucks game, and Dante Divincenzo was going like surprise people, and he's, I really he's hope nice. that's true. He's nice. But yeah. the reason I say Brook Lopez because their whole defensive thing is to funnel into the paint and have Brook Lopez contest. He's leading the league in contests. Uh, his offense ain't been the same as last year, but like he like an all defensive player right now. So that's that's why I would say he's the yeah. third best player on the team. Uh, but when you what well, back to Mike's point, when I think of like the Lakers, LeBron and AD. They're good enough to take you to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Who is, who is the third, best player third option? Is. Yeah, I don't even know who it yeah. is. Javale. That's a very good point, Demis. That's a very that's, that's the point I was trying to make. But the Lakers are just a better team with it. The Anthony Davis and dude can take you. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. I'm LeBron. I don't know why I just said dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this dude. is the last question. Very simple. What is the most valuable out of the three? The point man or the point guard, the wing or the big? I think it's really only two options. It's the point guard or the wing. Um, I, say I, the, I, I think I, it's the wing. I think it's, I think the, wing it's the wing. I think it's the and wing. I say that because a lot of things. The wing is just the guy. The wing is the guy that can basically do it all. You know, if it's if it's the right dude, he could be your point guard. He could guard one through five. He could facilitate. He could do everything. Just because his size lets him do everything. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'd say the wing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, having a good wing. Helps you a lot because then he also takes the pressure off rebounding for your center. Your center has to do all the rebounding. He can push the ball, your tempo. If you have a good wing, like a lot of things just goes right for your team. Give me point guard. I think the best teams always have a strong headed, steady point guard. You look at the Detroit Pistons um, when they had Chauncey Billups. What about Mario Chalmers? Uh, you know, the thing about that is LeBron has always kind of been like a point guard type yeah. guy. So they no, don't facts. really, you, you know. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that I guess it's technically true. But I always look at LeBron as kind of like a point guard himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Mario Chalmers was pointing around telling people where to go. Like, Bron, right. you go to the left side. Wade, you're in the wrong spot. Go here. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, they were doing that to him. Even uh, the Bulls and Lakers teams with Phil Jackson, Ron Harper was a point guard for those, and he wasn't a superstar by any means. MBJ. It's a reason. It's a reason why uh, Phil Jackson wanted him to run his triangle triangle offense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And BJ um, was an all star one year. Don't forget, never forget BJ Armstrong all star. Derrick Rose is agent. Yeah, a Hall of Famer. That man Ron Harper went yeah, from averaging like twenty points per game to like seven once he got to the Bulls. He just finished. He just championships. getting his role. Man, you got to You got to respect that. You got to. He had a that. serious knee injury that hurt him too. So, yeah, it was smart of him to go that route. 
and just be the big point guard. Rotten. People don't know Ron Harper was that deal he was a before he got hurt with the I, Clippers hey, and the, the Cavs. I legit just picked him up in my team, and he was giving KB problems yesterday with the defense. No, that's what that's he was, what I though. Like, no no that's, and I just went and found yeah. this picture of him that has that shirt on. Like, a 72 don't, don't mean a thing without a ring? Don't mean a thing without the ring, baby. I'm Facts. like, bro, I got to say that one. I love Ron Harper, bro. I love big point guards. And Ron Harper, that's exactly what he was with those bulls and stuff. But um, that's it for, think, for yeah. everything that I have. I mean, Gar, Pet, Gar, Gar Foreman was fired. I know. H- happy days. I know KB had to be. Ce- I know you had to be celebrating. H- happy days. That's all. Pop the champagne. Texas still enough. Yeah, but from my understanding, this new role, he's not around the team every single day, and it's not funneled through him. He's kind of more of an advisor, so that's that's okay. That's okay. The future's looking bright for 2021. Giannis Compo, baby. He's a Midwestern boy. He needs a better city, and Chicago's the better city. You know what I'm saying? Simple. It was right down the road, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Kendrick Nunn also thinks he's the rookie of the year real quick. Let's not, let's, let's not be crazy, Kendrick. John Morant. I like your response to that. Uh, what Kendrick, Kendrick now I must have got a hold of them, uh, them gummies. Damn. <laughs> From Deion Waiters. <laughs> but we you said a redraft. One of these, one of these episodes, just just a lottery, like the first uh, fourteen picks. Yeah. We should do like a a draft that was uh that was decent. See what see what happens. Facts. I don't know. Okay, but. Uh, thank y'all for watching slash listening to this episode of Through the White Podcast, man. As you can see, we continuously giving y'all an hour and a half episodes, even when there's no basketball to talk about. Shout out to P for the game. It was amazing. Uh, any last words? We the best. Facts.